The twenty-ninth book of Orlando Furioso. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Thomas Copeland. Orlando Furioso by Ludovico Ariosto. Translated by Sir John Harrington. Book twenty-nine. The Argument. Fair Isabel, to lose her head, is glad to save her chastity from pagan's might. To pacify her ghost, the pagan sad, doth make a bridge, at which falls many a knight. Orlando cometh thither, being mad, and in the water both together light. From thence the madman onward still proceeds, and by the way doth strange and monstrous deeds. O oh, thoughts of men, unconstant and unstable! as subject unto change as western wind, in all designments fond and variable, but chiefly those that love breeds in the mind. Lo, he that late devised all he was able to slander and deface all womankind, yet now with them whom he so sore reviled, even on the sudden he is reconciled. Indeed, most noble dames, I am so wroth with this vile Turk, for this is wicked sin, for speaking so great slander and untroth of that sweet sex whose grace I fain would win, that till such time he shall confess the troth and what a damned error he was in, I shall him make be so in conscience stung as he shall tear his flesh and bite his tongue. But with what folly he was then possessed, the sequel of the matter plain doth show. For he that yesterday himself professed to all the kind a sworn and open foe, now to this stranger, one in state distressed, whose birth, whose kin, whose name he doth not know, with one small glance and sober cast of eye, was so enthralled he woos her by and by. And as new fancy doth his heart inflame, so to new speech it doth his tongue direct, a new discourse, new reasons he doth frame, with great persuasions, but to small effect. For still the godly friar refutes the same, exhorting her such speeches to neglect, and fast to hold her purpose good and holy, of serving God and leaving worldly folly. He saith the way of death is large and spacious, but that to life is straight and full of pain. But Rodamont, that saw him so audacious, in spite of him this doctrine to maintain, steps to him, and with hand and tongue ungracious, first bids him get him to his cell again, then his long beard grown on his aged chin, all at one pull he pilleth from the skin, and so far forth his wrath and fury grew, he wrings his neck as pincers ring a nail, and twice or thrice about his head him threw, as husbandmen that thresh to toss a flail. Reports most diverse afterwards ensue, but which be true and which of truth do fail is hard to say. Some say he was so battered that all his limbs about a rock were scattered. Some say that to the sea he hurled him, though divers furlongs distant from the place, and that he died because he could not swim. Some others tell some saint did him that grace to save his life, and heal each broken limb, and to the shore did bring him in short space. The likelihood hereof who list may weigh, for now of him I have no more to say. Thus, cruel Lodemont, that had removed the babbling friar that did him so much spite, the fearful damsel's love to win he proved, by all kind words and gestures that he might. He calls her his dear heart, his soul beloved, his joyful comfort and his sweet delight, his mistress and his goddess, and such names as loving knights apply to lovely dames. 
Her reasons he doth courteously confute. Love soon had made him such a learned clerk. In phrases mannerly he moves his suit, And still his suit was leveled at one mark. And though he might by force have plucked the fruit, Yet for that time he doth but kiss the bark. He thinks it will more sweet and pleasing make it, If she do give him leave before he take it. Wherefore, while he is content to pause in hope by time to win her love and grace, she deems herself like mouse in cat's sharp claws in strangers' hands and in a stranger place. She sees he feared not God nor human laws, nor had no pity of her woeful case, that only for his lust would her persuade to break the vow that she to God had made. Her heart and eyes oft-times to heaven she lifts, And prays the blessed virgin and her son To save her from this pagan's filthy drifts, That unto her no villainy be done. She doth bethink her of an hundred shifts, How she his beastly lust may safely shun, That like an open gulf on her did gape, So as it seemed impossible to scape. She finds out many excuses and delays, That to prolong which vain she would prevent. Sometime, in humble manner, him she prays that to release her he would be content, but being still repulsed at all essays, at last she doth away and means invent not only how to shun that present shame, but merit to herself eternal name. Unto the cruel Turk that now began from all good course of courtesy to swerve, she cometh in the meekest sort she can, and saith, if he her honour will preserve, which is the part of each true valiant man, she would of him that favour well deserve, and give him such a gift as in due measure should far surpass this momentary pleasure. But if you needs will me deflower a wist, she said, when you have done, you will repent to think how fondly you have done amiss, and lost that might have bred you true content. As for your carnal love, you need not miss more fair than I, and fitter for your bent. But in ten thousand, one you shall not know, that such a gift upon you can bestow. I know, quoth she, an herb, and I have seen a little since the place where as it grew, that boiled upon a fire of cypress clean, and mixed with elderberries and with rue, and after strained harmless hands between, will yield a juice, that who in order due anoint therewith, shall never damage feel by flame of fire, nor yet by dint of steel. I say, if one therewith anoint him thrice, these strange effects thereof will straight ensue, provided always that in any wise he must each month the liquor's strength renew. I have the way to make it in a trice, and you shall see by proof that it is true. This thing, I think, should joy you more to gain than if you conquered had all France or Spain. And now, for my reward, of you I pray, let me obtain this favourable meed, to swear that you henceforth will not assay my chastity by either word or deed. Fell Rodamont thinks this a blessed day, and hopes he now shall never armour need, and swears he will her honour safe defend, though to perform it he doth not intend. Yet, till she might this work bring to effect, he doth himself against his mind and force, and that she might no violence expect, he doth not offer any sign of force. But that once done, his oath he will neglect, for of an oath he never had remorse, but specially he thought it least disgrace his oath to violate in such a case. 
he makes to her a solemn protestation and with most damned oaths the same doth bind that he will never do her molestation if she procure a juice of such a kind this sinks so deep in his imagination of cygnus and achilles runs his mind for by this means he doth himself assure such privilege as they had to procure poor isabella glad of this delay by which a while her chastity she shields receiving this his promise goes straightway to seek these herbs amid the open fields in every bank and grove and hedge and way she gathers some such as the country yields and all the while the pagan walketh by and to the damsel casteth still an eye and lest she should want cypress wood to burn he with his sword cuts down whole cypress trees and in all other things to serve her turn that each thing may provided be he sees now with her herbs she made her home return the cauldrons are on fire no time to lease she boils and purboils all those herbs and flowers in which he thought there were such hidden powers at all these ceremonies he stands by and what she doth he many times doth look the smoke and heat at last made him so dry that want of drink he could no longer brook greek wines there were and those he doth apply two firkins late from passengers he took he and his men by drinking both that night their heads full heavy made their hearts full light though by their law they are forbidden wine yet now that here they did the liquor taste they thought it was so sweet and so divine that nectar and that manna far it passed at that restraint they greatly do repine that did debar them of so sweet repast and at their own law and religion laughing they spend that night carousing and in quaffing now had fair isabel finished that confection which this gross pagan doth believe to be against both steel and fire a safe protection now sir she said you shall the trial see and that you may be sure that no infection is in these drugs you first shall prove by me i shall you show thereof so perfect trial as you shall see the proof past all denial myself quoth she mine first to take the say that you may see i do not feign nor lie then after on yourself you prove it may when you have made a witness of your eye now therefore bid your men to go away that none be present here but you and i and thus as with herself she had appointed her neck and breasts and shoulders she anointed which done in cheerful sort she open laid her naked neck before the beastly turk and bade him strike for she was not afraid she had such skill and trust in this rare work he unadvised and haply overlaid with wine that in his idle brain did work was with her speech so undiscreetly led that at one blow he quite cut off her head the head where love and all the graces dwelt by heedless hand is from the body severed alas whose heart at such hap could not melt yea what is more the head cut off endeavoured to show what pleasure of her death she felt and how she still in her first love persevered thrice from the floor the head was seen rebound thrice was it heard zerbino's name to sound his name to whom so great love she did bear as she to follow him would leave her life to whom tis hard to say if that she were a truer widow or a kinder wife o oh, soul that didst not death nor danger fear a sample to these latter times not rife 
to save thy chastity and vowed truth even in thy tender years and greenest youth go soul go sweetest soul for ever blest so may my verse please those whom i desire as my poor muse shall ever do her best as far as pen can paint and speech aspire that thy just praises may be plain expressed to future times go soul to heaven or higher and if my verse can grant to thee this charter thou shalt be called of chastity the martyr at this her deed so strange and admirable he that above all heavens doth a remain looked down and said it was more commendable than hers for whom tarquino lost his reign and straight an ordinance inviolable a to be kept on earth he doth ordain and thus he said even by myself i swear whose power heaven earth spirits men and angels fear that for her sake that died of this name last whoever shall hereafter bear that name shall be both wise and continent and chaste of faultless manners and of spotless fame let writers strive to make their glory last and oft in prose and verse record the same let helicon pindus parnassus hill sound isabella isabella still thus said the highest and then there did ensue a wondrous calm in waters and in air the chaste soul up into the third heaven flew where zerbin was to that she did repair now when the beastly turk saw plain in view how he had proved himself a woman's slayer when once his drunken surfeit was digested he blamed himself and his own deed detested in part to satisfy for this offence and to appease her ghost as twere in part although he thought no pardon could dispense nor punishment suffice for such desart he vows a monument of great expense of costly workmanship and cunning art to raise for her nor minds he to go further than that self-church where he had done the murder of that self-place he minds her tomb to make and for that cause he gets a workman's store for love for money and for terror's sake six thousand men he set to work and more from out the mountains massy stones they take with which well wrought and hewed and squared therefore with high and stately arch that church he covers and in the midst entombs the blessed lovers and over this was raised with curious slight a pyramid a huge and stately tower which tower an hundred cubits had in height by measure from the top unto the flower it seemed a work of as great charge and weight as adrian made to boast his wealth and power of goodly stones all raised in seemly ranks upon the edge of stately tigress banks now when this goodly work was once begun he makes a bridge upon the water by that of great depth and force did ever run in former time a ferry there did lie for such as would a further circuit shun and pass this way more easy and more nigh the pagan takes away the ancient ferry and leaves for passengers nor boat nor wherry but makes a bridge where men to row are wont and though the same were strong and of great length yet might two horses hardly meet a front nor had the sides a rail or any strength who comes this way he means shall bide a brunt except he have both courage good and strength for with the arms of all that this way come he means to beautify fair isabel's tomb a thousand brave achievements he doth vow wherewith he will adorn this stately work from whom he taketh all these spoils or how he cares not whether christian or turk 
now was the bridge full finished and now his watchmen on each side in corners lurk to make him know when any one comes near for all that come he means shall buy it dear and further his fantastic brain to think that sith by drinking wine he did that sin in lieu thereof he now would water drink as oft as by mishap he should fall in for when he should unto the bottom sink the top would be an ell above his chin as who should say for every evil action that wine procures were water satisfaction full many there arrived in few days some men as in the way from spain to france some others fondly thirsting after praise in hope by this exploit their names to advance but rodomont doth meet them both the ways and such his value was so good his chance that still as many men as there arrives lost all of them their arms and some their lives among the many prisoners that he took all those were christians to algier he sent and willed his men safely to them to look because ere long himself to come he meant the rest save that their armors they forsook all harmless back into their countries went now while such feats were by the pagan wrought orlando thither came of wits bestraught at that same instant that orlando came was rodomont all armed save his head the naked earl with wits quite out of frame leaps o'er the bar and went as folly led to pass the bridge the pagan him doth blame for his presumption and withal he said stay saucy villain proud and undiscreet for such as thee this passage is not meet for lords and knights and squires of good estate this bridge was built and not for thee thou beast he that no sense had in his idle pate not heeding what was said still onward pressed i must the pagan thinks this fool's pride bait it seems belike he thinks i am in jest and thereupon he makes the madman towards and minds to drown him sith he was so frowards he little looked to find a match so hard now while they two together gan to strive behold a gallant dame of great regard at that same bridge by fortune did arrive fair fjordelege that late before had hard how love did of his wits this earl deprive she hither came to seek out brandemart that now in paris was with pensive heart and thus this lady as before i told came at that season to this dangerous place and knew this earl when she did him behold and wondered much to see him in such case now held orlando with his foe hard hold in vain the pagan strives him to displace and grinning to himself he said at length who could have thought a fool had had such strength and fretting that he had his purpose missed he doth by slight the madman's force assay sometime he puts his hand below his twist sometime above sometime another way orlando stands unmoved do what he list the pagan seemed to do by him that day as doth the bear that would dig up the tree from whence she fell but sees it will not be orlando full of force though void of sense about the middle took the pagan fast and heaves him up from ground and so from thence into the stream himself he backward cast unto the bottom both to sink from whence each one was glad to get him in great haste orlando naked and light swam like a fish so that he soon gat out as he would wish and being out away he straight doth run nor tarries he to hear or to expect if men do blame or praise what he had done but follows on his former course direct 
this while the pagan drank nigh half a ton of water ere he could himself erect and hardly he escaped being drowned so heavy armed and in place so profound now while the pagan swimmeth for his life fair fjordelege with sad and pensive heart a lively pattern of a virtuous wife doth search the sepulchre for brandemart she took her time while they fell first at strife and up and down she looked in every part but here she finds nor arms nor yet his mantle nor meets with such as of him tidings can tell but leave we her a while thus mourning sad and seeking him each where save where he was and tell we now what hap orlando had and what strange feats his fury brought to pass you might perchance believe that i were mad if none of his mad pranks i overpass which were so strange and in so great a number as you to hear and me to tell would cumber i only shall some few of those recite as to my present purpose shall pertain the madman westward held his course forthright straight to the hills that sever france from spain he seldom baits but travels day and night so much he was distempered in his brain and by the mountain side as he did pass he met two young men driving of an ass this ass they loden had with clefts of wood fast bound upon his burden-bearing back they seeing one run naked as he were wood amid their way they cried ho sirrah back but he makes answer neither bad nor good for sense and understanding he did lack but with his foot the poor ass he so spurned that both his load and him he overturned he tossed him like a football up on high whence down he fell and brake his neck with it that at the men he doth with fury fly of which the ton had better hap than wit for down the rock the ton leapt by and by deep threescore yards and by the way did hit upon a bank of firs grown in the place and scaped with only scratching of his face the t'other that of fear like passion feels did straight to clamber up upon the rock but straight Orlando takes him by the heels, and pulls him down, and beats him like a stock, as fishers used to beat their sliding eels, and even as falconers tear sometime a cock, to give unto their hawks their entrails warm, so tears he leg from leg, and arm from arm. These same and other like stupendous feats he put in practice, while those hills he passed, even such as speech and credit all exceeds his fits so furious were his strength so vast so far unto the westward he proceeds that to the sea he now was come at last even to the sandy shores of terracona that leadeth right the way to barcelona upon those sands such was his mad conceit he purposed with himself a house to build and being noyed with the parching heat he thinks with sand his skin therefro to shield straight with his hands he digs him out a seat and though the o's his body all defiled yet with that mould his members all he covered that nothing but his head could be discovered now as he lay half buried in the sand for save his head the rest was all unseen there thither came as in their way by land medoro with angelica his queen she not aware what in her way did stand of her lorn lover's boasting then i ween came unto him so near and on such sudden that upon him her horse had well nigh trodden but seeing straight upstart a naked man the sight did her greatly amaze and fright she knows him not nor guesseth him she can she thinketh sure he is some hellish sprite rough 
grisly beard, eyes staring, visage wan, all parched and sunburned and deformed in sight. In fine, he looked, to make a true description, in face like death, in color like Egyptian. But she, at this strange sight, as erst I said, did gallop thence as fast as she could ride, and screeching loud she crieth out for aid unto Medoro, her beloved guide. The mad Orlando was not ill apaid when such a pretty damsel he had spied, though he no knowledge nor remembrance had how this was she for whom he first fell mad. Yet, as delighted with her pleasing hue and liking well to see so fair a face, with great desire he straight doth her pursue, even as a hound the fearful doe doth chase. Medoro moved herewith his rapier drew, and after this mad fellow rides apace, and with his horse he thinketh down to tread him, and with his blade he thinketh to behead him. But by effect, contrariwise, he found that he without his host his reckoning made. The madman shrinketh not an inch of ground, and his bare skin was harder than the blade. Yet suddenly, when as the madman found that one behind his back did him invade, he turned, and with his fist so smote the horse, as made him lie on ground a senseless course. And in a trice he back again doth go to catch Angelica, who spurs with speed, and thinketh still her palfrey's pace too slow for such a turn. And so it was indeed, for had it gone like arrow from a bow, it hardly could have holped her at this need. At last her only hope was in the ring, for now to help her was none other thing. The ring that never failed her at her need did make her now to vanish out of sight, but whether that it were for want of heed, or that the suddenness did her affright, or that her beast did founder with the speed, or that she did determine to alight, of all these, which it was I cannot tell, but topsy-turvy from the beast she fell. Had she fallen shorter, or on t'other side, in likelihood the madman had her caught, which, if he had, she doubtless should have died. But great good fortune her delivery wrought. But now another beast she must provide for this another pace will soon be taught orlando still doth her pursue so fast that needs he must overget her at the last as for angelica i take no care i know that she a beast long will not lack but rather steal one as she did the mare that now in madman's hands will suffer rack to follow her orlando doth not spare till he her stayed and leapt upon her back then galloped he as long as she was able, and lets her rest in neither field nor stable, until at last, in leaping o'er a ditch, the poor mare put her shoulder out of joint. He, with his fall, took neither atch nor stitch, nor of the bruise he passeth not a point, nor seeketh he for turpentine or pitch the poor beast's bruised members to anoint, though he might see, with this fall he had marred her, yet fain he would she should have borne him farther at last on his own shoulder her he laid and bare her so about an arrow-shoot but feeling then that she too heavy weight he leadeth her and lets her go on foot she limping follows him and still he said come on come on but little did it boot at last to make her her slow pace to alter about his right leg he doth tie her halter and tells her now with ease she follow may and so to harry her he doth begin the sharp stones lying in the rugged way fret off her hair and afterward the skin. The beast misused thus lives scarce a day. Orlando hath her tied unto his shin. He sees not, nor he knows not she is dead, but on he draws her as his fury led. And sure he would have served her such a touch, I mean his mistress, 
if he could have caught her, had not the virtue of that ring been such as how to walk invisible it taught her. Ah, cursed be that ring, and cursed as much be he that so unluckily it brought her, else sure Orlando had revenged then her often wrongs to him and other men. Yet why wish I this curse on her alone? I would the like might hap on all the kind, for in a thousand good there is not one. All be so proud, unthankful, and unkind, with flinty hearts, careless of others' moan, in their own lusts carried most headlong blind. But more herein to speak I am forbidden. Sometime for saying truth one may be chidden. End of Book 29